Welcome to another episode of the RAG podcast. And for those of you who don't know, the RAG stands for Recruitment Agency Growth. Since early 2019, I've been interviewing the most successful and innovative recruitment owners to learn how they rose to the top of their game. In season seven, I'm going to be having raw, authentic and insightful conversations with agency owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, people across the industry. And I want to be learning about their ambitions, what's happening behind the scenes in their agencies today and their plans to navigate difficult market conditions. I'll be bringing you the latest and greatest recruitment stories every single week on Wednesdays at noon across multiple platforms. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to my final episode of the RAG podcast live in Dubai. On this week's show, I'm joined by Oscar Orellana Haider, the founder of Cordell Partners. Oscar started his business five months ago back in the summer of 2023. I worked with Oscar as a client when he was at Robert Wallers. And in the time he worked with me back in 2021, he went from someone who thought that using LinkedIn was complete nonsense and just would just smash the phones and was billing about 1.5 million dirham, which is four, three to 400,000 pounds, to someone who then a year later was billing 3 million Abu Dhabi dirhams or AED, um, a year, all through his LinkedIn, all through inbound results. He completely transformed the way he worked to the point where not only did he make more money, he became semi-famous in the financial services world. He was invited on the local radio in Dubai. He's got connections to the royal families in Abu Dhabi. Um, and he built the confidence to launch his own agency in 2023. He's now five months in. His personal brand is still generating business all over the region. And he's got some exciting plans for 2024 and beyond. If you're really interested to find out how a personal brand on LinkedIn can actually pay dividends in terms of revenue, you've got to listen to this episode. Without further ado, Oscar, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. You have been, um, you've been someone I've wanted to interview for a long time. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. We've been working together for a few years now. Yeah. And uh, you've been on my radar. And obviously, your life's changed a lot this year. And we nearly did this in December, but the chance of me doing it in Dubai live mm. had, to make, had to make that chance. So good to see you. Always nice to see you out here. Oh, pleasure. So we're going to tell all sorts of stories, right? But sure. before we do... For anyone who's listening who doesn't know you, I've done a brief introduction. I never do it justice. Who is Cordell Pyle? Like, just give us the bird's eye, who you are today. Yeah. And, and again, look, thank you, first and foremost. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for doing this. I, I love it. I really appreciate it. So, so thank you. Cordell Partners. Let's start with the name, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cordell's a family name. Cordell uh, was my dad's middle name. Yeah. It's my middle name. Uh, and... My wife just liked the name. I never really liked the name, but she loved it. And it's quite unique and it's a family. Where does that come from? Called family out? business. So, yeah, so two different angles. So there's an American um, soldier back right. in the day that came across and made sort of a big noise, like in the 50s, whatever. Yeah. So, and there's, and there's also like a French politician, but we will leave that to one side, except <laughs> the American <laughs> angle. Um, but my, so my grandma back in the day um, knew an American soldier that came over. He was called Cordell. So it's an American name. Um, wow. But it's, it's, uh, it's a family name, and the idea is family business in the UAE and the Middle East. Family culture and meal times on a Friday is, is huge, right? right? So big families get together in the Majlis on the Holy Day. Um, a lot of my clients are family offices, single family offices, multi-family offices. So it's it's 
I'm not trying to create a, a family office recruitment business, but I want to have that vein flowing through my business now. And Do you think this region is run by with a family ethic? Yeah, ethos, yeah, massively, massively. So, yeah, how do I, not to bore everyone listening, but the, the tribal sort of nature of the UAE and the Middle East, it's, UAE is still very family name orientated. So you look at Carrefour is Majid Al Fatames, the Al yeah. Fatame name. Carrefour's a supermarket, right? Sorry, yeah, Carrefour's like the Tesco. Yeah. Uh, and it's run by the Alpha Tame family. Right. Um, it's still very much so. The importers of Toyota has, you know, a monopoly from Gargash, the Gargash family. So it's the Canoe family from Bahrain is, is huge. So it's still very much like there. Right. They've evolved over time and they're huge corporates now. Yeah. But, but it's in what I do and a lot of my investment uh, recruitment in terms of like families and sovereigns and entities in in the free zones yeah it's still very much very much weird and wonderful family offices and they're great they're loads of fun they're a bit wacky they're a bit kooky they're also so volatile right yeah. so again families over here you can have four wives right so so the the principal or the patriarch can have four wives in so emirati families can, yeah yeah at gcc so kuwaiti Qatari, saudi you can have legally four wives right and do they take do they do that yeah yeah, they'll take it up. Not so much anymore because um, of cost, because yeah. it's expensive. Because if you buy wife one, that house and that car, you have to buy wife two, that house and that car. So, wow. so Where would you live? Between uh, all four? <laughs> like a hotel, like a CEO of four businesses. One's enough, right? Yeah. Headache with one. Imagine yeah. four, right? Yeah. So sorry, not to bore you, but four wives, loads of kids, right? So family offices, they can run billions of dollars. The, the dad dies and it could be left to... 25 brothers right or, or or you know 20 brothers and four daughters or whatever yeah so by their very nature they're a bit of a mess yeah and they're like oh, volatile and yeah. they need like a cfo or they yeah. need like a head of compliance or they need like someone to say hey you know we got to sort of organize this and oh make some returns on it we can't just spend it on whatever nissan patrols and, and so you recruit how would you describe the market you recruit yeah it, it, it is niche it is niche and 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 for a reason i prefer doing Smaller businesses, smaller teams, but like depth of capital and more senior. So, for example, uh, a DIFC family office has got $4 billion AUM, but it's got a team of 15 people. What does AUM mean? Sorry, under asset, management. Yeah, assets yeah. under management. It runs and it manages assets. So it's, a, it's all investment funds. All, and all investments. Yeah. Pre predominantly all investment. To Hedge do, funds. To do, yeah, that's a private equity fund, sovereign funds. I'm trying to, right? And that's what I want, wanted yeah. to do. Four months into my own shop, it's kind of like evolved from that. And I'll get onto that in a minute. But yes, you're right. Investment funds, it, a CFO for that is I'd much rather put a small, you know, do one of them in, in two months rather than sort of spray and pray in banks and, and yeah. corporates and stuff. And they're all like fluid, like entrepreneurial type businesses. That's it. You get access to the decision yeah, makers. Yeah, and that's kind of why this has evolved. And that's kind yeah. of why I've done my own thing because... It means a lot and you're speaking to the, the patriarch you're speaking to the principal and it's like thank you so much we really appreciate it like you're the only ever guy that we ever spoken to we don't we don't have a psl we don't even have hr yeah um it's and are they all emirati then not all of them no so so in the dfc or adgm you can have kuwaiti qatari yeah. saudi there's a yeah not to go into it but do you have many expats working in those yeah, companies yeah yeah absolutely yeah M to be honest most of them are yeah um it's just like the board and the snt are, are local Right. Um, so that's that's kind of part of that's what I like to do. I, I really enjoy the investment side of it. 
but then again, like in my so only financial services, yeah. Um, foreign exchange, so like IG and Saxo and the brokers, like they have a lot of cash. Um, they're not as sexy or as kind of like, you know, appealing as direct investments, but they have a lot of cash. So forex is a big market. Yeah. Um, compliance consultancies, which is quite quite interesting. A little bit, not so much, because um, Middle East everyone needs compliance. Yeah. Uh, the regulator says if you want to do anything. You've got to have your compliance in place. So yeah. that's that's quite hot. Yeah, and and coming from a massive structure, so coming from Robert Half for two years and then Robert Waters for six years to huge, big yeah. corporate businesses. And it's very focused and siloed on what you do now. You can do what you want. Stuff comes along and it's like, Oscar, we need a lawyer. And I'm like, yeah, but I've never done legal. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's better teams out there. Yeah. To, and I'm really honest. I'm one guy. Yeah. And I've known these guys for years. So I'm like, you could probably get a better job from a legal specialist. And I'm like, no, we don't care. We only want to speak to you. We don't want to speak to whoever, <laughs> Robert, whoever, or yeah. Hazel Page. We just, you do it. So I'm sort of there. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And it's great. And I'm not complaining, but I'm sort of like, <laughs> for these funds and these families, he's like, yeah, sure, let's, let's do it. So it's like, that's why I'm saying other businesses are like, find me some so i'm doing like data some random things data engineering yeah. never done it before but the guy's like you do it you've done everything before we don't want to deal with anyone else we've had bad experiences we've known you for years you do it so i'm like sure like why not um but that- i think the hardest bit though when you're a niche recruiter is getting the if you're not a niche recruiter sorry is getting the work on because if you yeah. totally go out to market with no really and you're trying to build a business yeah and you i'll recruit anything for anyone Whereas you've not done that. You've gone using your niche that you've always done to, to open up the door that then Correct. you Correct. become a product of your own success. That's, that's okay. Correct. Let's go back a bit then. Sure. So, Be- so you- before we go back, I'm just laughing to myself. I got a call this morning. Um, a doctor's surgery needs a receptionist. And I was like, uh, look, no, I'm, I'm, I'm niche that. and I'm, I'm on my own, but I can't, I can't no. be doing that. No. <laughs> so I politely said, that, thank you, but... Wow, so different. So when did you start the business and start trading? Yeah, September. September, September. the 4th. So we're five months in. Yeah. And before that, you've worked for... So let's go back. So Yeah, of course. You're from the UK. Yep. And when did you get into recruitment? What year was that? July 2011. Right. So right at the start. Yeah. Same as in, time. As in same year as me. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Mate, I was in Australia in March 2011. Got yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, who did so you London. join? So Goodman Masson. Oh, no, Goodman. So Goodman Big Mas- finance recruiter. Boutique, boutique in London. Like, I was with them five years. I yeah. loved it, I must yeah. admit. Like, great people. So it was kind of like a Hudson spin-out. Yeah. It's Guy Hayward, Andy Michael. Um, good time guys, like, in Barbican, in the thick of the city. Yeah. Like, loads of fun. Um, I wasn't in FS. I was in commerce. Right. So I didn't do... Uh, although we were in the city and it was heavy, like, FS around us, we did commerce and industry in, like, British Airways in, in Heathrow. We did, like, CBRE. We did, like, yeah. all sorts of... Like Shell and what B- were you recruiting for? BT, all fine accounts. Always accounts. So, so newly qualified accountants up to like FDs, yeah. FCs, all that sort of jazz. You were there for five years. There for five years. Absolutely loved it. Top Great. biller type character. So, or? To be completely honest with you, Sean, I, I I had an amazing work ethic. I smashed the arse out of the phones. Hesitated there. <laughs> I smashed the phones, and I loved it. And I loved running around. But for whatever reason, I got promoted in two months to a different desk. In two months, so I was a researcher for two months. I got promoted to private practice, placing top 50 accountants into like top 10 accountants. Ronan Farrelly, lovely guy, yeah. Irish. 
but it just never never worked it never gelled and i never imagine taking an accountant from a top 50 into accountant for a top 10 yeah it's fine it's pretty dull stuff and it, it never <laughs> it never clicked from places like analysts in ba yeah or or, or, or you know whatever it never excited never clicked so i sort of trod water for about a year on that desk and then there was another open and i've always got things through opening I've, and another opening on the old desk so i went back to the old desk so kind of two years in i'm at this weird place and there wasn't kind of full legs and complete transparency i went back from a 360 role on one desk for a year i went back as a researcher i was a researcher for good mass and for like three years but i i'm we, as a team we would place on average like anywhere between 12 and like 30 uh newly qualified accountants like a month yeah so it was a it was a big team of people we were doing we had on the PSLs for all those sorts of companies and it was, a, money. it was a lot of volume so yeah. as a researcher like I, I was placing a lot of people through other people so I was getting bonuses of like half decent mm. but not the client side so I, I was never client side in London right. which is a bit weird yeah and that's so no book no nothing like from nothing so I got to the DIFC what made you come to Dubai Dubai so the missus right I wanted to go to Singapore why, why, why leave the UK in the first place? Uh, we got married. We were in Cyprus. We were in the sun for a couple of months. We came back. It was grey. It was drizzly. It was like October time. We were like, bugger this. We're going to Dubai. So we went to Dubai for the Formula One in November, Abu Dhabi for the Formula One in November 16. Yeah. And um, just loved it. Just loved it. Don't believe what the Daily Mail says. Don't believe all the press. Brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Um, and I was complete convert. Like I, I kind of the Singapore itch or the no the filth right yeah. failed in London tried Hong Kong the, the filth sort of like lost its appeal and I was like this place is cool yeah. like let's let's give it a go um, so we moved out first week Jan seventeen right um, that was the year I started Hoxha I can remember really yeah so dived in and I remember interviewing so they were like so you've never worked clients <laughs> you've never worked FS you've never even been to Dubai. <laughs> And you want a job? I was like, yeah, try me. Give, give me a, give me a go. Confident. I yeah, give, like, give me a go. So I met, I met with all of them. And again, in Dubai, or did you do it from? No, in Dubai. In you Dubai. came over like, for yeah, the. Yeah, came over like a working holiday. Yeah. Brought a suit, went to the Formula One, met with. I can remember it like yesterday, right? I met with Half, Page, Hayes, Walters, uh, Aspire, uh, another big boys, couple of other regional ones. Uh, yeah, and, and none of them wanted me. I was like, I understand. Got back to London, January, I was like, fucking hell, it's bleak, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, I forget, sorry, forget. I did a year sabbatical, a year of my dream job working for Harlequins, Harlequins Rugby Club. What, in between Goodman Masson? Yeah, so I left GM in like summer 15, I think, 16, I can't remember, 15, and then I did a season, a rugby season, so less than a year, like a September or like April, yeah. at Harlequins. Doing what? Selling commercial stuff. Right. With my old mate, Mike Ritalik. Who Why didn't you recruit. stay there? Uh, I've got the bin. Right. I've got a sack. Yeah. So <laughs> no good at that either. Your honesty is yeah. incredible. No, like. seriously, like dream job. Like imagine yeah. you working in yeah, yeah. your football team. Man City, yeah. Loved it. Loved, I was taking the piss next to Chris Robshaw. Yeah. Lo- loved the, the environment. Kind of like they say, never meet your favourite celebrity. Yeah, yeah. Like. The underwhelming. It was tough. It was, it was, no, it was in like the job. It was, it was not easy flogging a, flogging a, at the time, what was like not a very good rugby club. Yeah. Um, selling tickets. Yeah. So I got, I got the bin, 
We got the bin, we're the shit, just got married, let's move to Dubai. But you don't get the job in Dubai. None of them want you, you said. So the, the last one called me up in January was Robert Hoff. Right. And I was like, great. Like, didn't really know much about them, blah, blah, and came over with Robert Hoff. So did just under two years there. Did eight and what job did you get for them? Yeah, so Recruiting that was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so financial services, 360. So thrown in, never, <laughs> never been to Dubai, never been client side, never done FS. There you go. But recruiting finance into FS, still accounts. Just, just anything. Any? The market's too small here. You can't. So in London, it was only accountant yeah. in commerce. Here, it's too small. So like anything for those companies. In financial services, it's too small to specialise. Right. It's okay. only been going, DIFC's only been going 17 years. Right. The ADGM kit. What does DIFC stand Sorry, for sorry. Dubai International Financial Centre. Right. So Canary Wharf. Right, right. Of Dubai. ADGM, Abu Dhabi Global Market, started in like 17, 2017. Right. So that wasn't That's like really new. So really new. So you can't, it's too small. You okay, can't so you get here. You, what, what does your wife do? So she works for BCG. Uh, Boston, Boston Consulting, Consulting Group, yeah. and she could just get a job for them here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she moved with something as well. She went into like lifestyle management. She had a couple of jobs. Classic Dubai story. One, one wrapped up. One sort of withdrew from the DIFC. She worked for a fund, right, in private equity in the same sector, and they were basically bent, and they right. all disappeared to America. <laughs> And left her one day sort of keying in the number and the number didn't work to open the door and it was like they've just disappeared. The weird But you both come out here, she gets yeah. a job, you get a job. And what was it like trying to build a desk then with no client yeah, side experience? Tough. Yeah, it was tough. But I go back to it and recruitment's recruitment, brilliant for that. Just work ethic. Yeah. Just smashing the arse out of the phone. Like a London mentality in Dubai, great. Like, because no one else around you has that yeah. like chutzpah. If you want, like, they, like, Middle East is very like shui shui, it's very martialized, very like slow and steady. Yeah. Um, whereas if you take that like little spark and plug it into, that's why the UK runs the recruitment industry globally because maybe, maybe come with an energy. I got beasted at GM. I loved yeah. it. I mean, we got beast. We used to do hundred calls a day, yeah. and if we did hundred and twenty, you go upstairs and play ping pong, like just just chained yeah. to the desk. Yeah. And like, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like people, are like, oh my god, that must have been terrible. Like. I, I loved it. I loved the chase. I was calling PwC KPI. I knew yeah. I knew PwC uh, switchboard off by heart. I had jokes with the with the switchboard lady. Like it was just like smashing the ass out of the phone. Anyway, so that sort of mentality with a bit of like discretion, a bit of caution, and a bit of like know who you're pitching to and know who you're talking to is very different sometimes in terms yeah. of you can't smash and grab. And same energy here. You've got to be careful. Yeah. In terms of yeah. In in terms of yeah, like, you've just got to be a bit sensitive. Um, but in that attitude and that mindset, like, yeah, it's... It, 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 so how did your career evolve over the first two years there? Yeah, so so Robert Hoff's good, like, in terms of, like, reputation and sex, and never never saying negative. They gave me the job. They, yeah. they great American company, um, got into the DIFC with those guys. Uh, I tagged on to, to or my, my second manager... I'm still very close with and, and, and he's trained me up and he sort of showed me the ropes a little bit in terms of the, the client side. And he, so he was out here maybe three or four years before me. Um, and, and yeah. He, we, and you worked with Calvin at Robert Hart. Yeah, yeah. So Calvin was on the other desk. Calvin was financial, uh, yeah. sorry, finance and accounts at, at Robert Hart and his brother, mm. uh, Darren. So yeah, it's um, very small. So a lot of people, and you talk to others, name names, but you talk to others in that desk at that time, loads have spun off and done their own thing because 
the nature of that business is kind of you're your own guy and you've got your own book yeah. and run it. Fast how did you find, just before we go yeah. on, fast forward, how did you find getting here and, and, and paying no tax? What was that like? Yeah, it was great. Was it Obviously. a bit of a shock at the start? Like the reality is you... There's yeah, no... it was great. You sort of don't really believe it until yeah. you get the first second. Like, okay, right. So <laughs> all of it goes in the bank. Yeah, all of it. Okay, great. Um, yeah, it's great. It's uh, A lot of people get carried away and you, you hear a lot of stories of, of a lot of people leverage you know, flashy cars and big houses and all the rest of it, nice glitz and glam and people. So it, it's not always kind of what it what it sort of seems to be yeah. uh, from the outside. But if, yeah, if you get careful and you're smart and I think I, I watched very briefly your chat with, with Chris and Amanda and, and also or sort of Chris and Amanda before that uh, from, from, from uh, Red, and Red Hole. Red Hole, yeah. It's that, yeah, it's, it's, it's expensive. It's like a pint of beer is 12 quid. Yeah. Um, average meal is is a lot, right? It's 50 odd quid for a burger and, and a pint. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very different to how it's... So you earn more, but you pay, you spend more. Yeah, and there's yeah. hidden taxes, right? So VAT came in January 18, there's taxes on everything. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's I, I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. The access you get is also pretty surprising. What do you mean? In terms of like, in London, like I'm just a number. You and I are one of thousands running around the city flinging CVs here you you have an element of like give before you get an element of patience an element of like respect and kind of slow and steady with certain pockets of the government or certain pockets of the sovereign wealth funds and you can get access to they'll answer you you mean they'll come back to you yeah yeah so, so when well, yeah you, I'm recruit for them right but yeah. in t- what I'm saying is that like you can have like I've got a few like his excellencies on WhatsApp, like just chatting to like parts of royal families in in certain emirates and like ministers. I've got the minister of economies like number two on WhatsApp, and it's like in London you'd never you'd never dream yeah, of getting yeah. that access to, to. Why is that? They're just more open, or they're, just, they're think, smaller, or I think more open. They appreciate your commitment. So I bang on about commitment to the region. And I've, I'm seeing it even more so now with five months in my own thing. Right? Yeah. They love it. If you move here, you relocate, you have some kids here, you open a business here, they're, they're genuinely grateful. Right. I know that sounds weird, but yeah. they're like, thank you. Like, we you're really... contributing to our Yeah, economy, right? exactly. Yeah. You're, you're building the ecosystem. It's such a new geography. It's so young in its development. The country's 50 years old. Yeah, it's nice. Right? So there's nothing here. Yeah. So they're really appreciative and they, they sort of welcome you in. They want you to do more. In recruitment, we're like estate agents, scumbags, and, and you know IFAs in London. Here, it's like, thank you. You're you're bringing people to our economy. You're contributing staff to our businesses, funds, banks, whatever. Like, thank you. Like, what more? Yeah. yeah. Like, what more can we do? And here, we're really viewed as like an asset and like a partner. Yeah, like an, an ecosystem builder, as opposed to a you know the phone call. Yeah, basically. So. It's difficult to explain without really feeling it, but um, yeah, it's an amazing place. But you then ended up at Robert Walters, right? Yeah, so dear old Jonesy, Nick Jones, I saw him this morning, legend, lovely, lovely guy, the nicest guy. I've said to him to his face loads of times, he's too nice for recruitment, like the <laughs> nicest, nicest guy, love him, legend. He was in Oz, uh, he's been around the block, done it for many, many years, Nick Jones at Robert Walters. We used to compete on a few jobs um, with, with certain certain things and compliance. One day, just says, fancy around a golf, I was... I was New to Dubai, round of golf's about 120 quid. And I was like, yeah, definitely at the time. Um, and he took me out and we had four and a half hours of chat and 
he there was a client on that four ball. I was like, this is weird. Like, why are you why are you inviting me to like a golf day with your client? Like, we're competing. It's like we're not really like we're competitors, like industry peers. Like, there's room for for all of us here, and and just chat, chat, chat. And over the time, he was like, well, he'd come across, and that was that. Um, so competitor turned boss, basically, like so many of those stories, right? Um, he moved across to tech. I stayed there six years. I helped open, uh, didn't help open, they opened the office, but I had a real um, passion to grow Abu Dhabi. I could see Abu Dhabi was, was the next wave yeah. um, for this for this country. A lot of people forget it's the capital city. Yeah. It's where all the sovereign wealth funds are, or, well, almost all of them. Um, it's where the, the real money is. This place runs on an airline and yeah. tourists. Yeah. Right? It's run out of oil, doesn't pump any oil. It doesn't really have huge like w- sovereign wealth. Okay, Sheikh Mohammed's got one fund. There they've got five. Yeah. So they've got five times the amount of royal wealth in Abu Dhabi. So very simply, I was like, there's more to do over yeah. there. Let's, let's give it a whirl. Sat down with Chris Hickey, met him, interviewed Chris Hickey, one of the in London. Legend, lovely, lovely bloke again. He was like, we've got to open Abu Dhabi. And then JB came and grunted. I was like, yeah, it's a great idea. So I kind of unofficially sort of, I was the most active with Abu Dhabi. It's about an hour and 20 up the yeah. road, but they've got Formula One. It's growth. It's the growth area. Um, I was there yesterday. And yeah, it's, it's a very important part of this ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the government's government are. That's where the, the proper royals are and all the rest of it. So it's, it's a great place. So at Robert Walters, you started to focus on Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah. So I joined them end of 18. Um, from like middle of 19, um, start of 19. I had, what were your billings like? Were you doing well? Yeah, I was doing all right. Yeah, yeah, I was doing all right. So, so 19 was probably about like just over, just under 2 million yeah. dirham. COVID year was 1.1, which for COVID was apparently quite strong. And then I met you. Yeah. And then it's your fault. So like early, what, we were just chatting, early 21 was when I started. So let's go back to yeah, that sorry, because yeah. JB was the first person who was on the show uh, previously mm. that got me into Robert Walters. And then yep. I, when, he, when I started working, the UAE office, which is where it was, was one of the first groups to join the program. Yeah. So I'm on the Zoom webinar just after COVID in, from the UK. Yeah. What was your perception of the first moment of being put on a live training with Sean? I mean, it was really tough. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Like, COVID was tough. So 2020 was was difficult, right? We, we were, from memory, we let go of, we let go of maybe two or three people. We were on 20% pay cuts, so on 80% salaries. Um, we weren't allowed to come to the office. We were separated, so around this desk, there'd only be like four people. It's a weird time. Yeah. So people were fighting for clients. People were fighting for, for, for everything. They're fighting for their jobs, right? Yeah. To keep their, their whole livelihoods, right? And all of a sudden, I've got this, this invite to join some media call at like, it was early for us. No, it wasn't. It couldn't have been. It was early for you. Early for me. So, about midday for yeah, you. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And we were in the boardroom. And that alone, I didn't want to be in the boardroom with my team. So we were away from the main yeah. office. Grundy was next door in a room, sort of barking, like, get on the call. I was like, okay, fine. This media call. And I was like, what the f- what is this? Like, I, need to be, I need to be out there. I need to be on the phone. I need to be grafting. 
I need to be getting some money through the door. <laughs> and I had to sit, sit through this, yeah, this helmet. In nor <laughs> northern, northern helmet, northern monkey. Talking about his Frenchie or his bulldog or something. And you were just, you had so much energy for early your time. And I was like... The first perception wasn't good, was it? You it were like, really, who's this idiot? It was really bad. I've got to admit, mate. <laughs> like episode, and we had to do it. We, Grundy sat us on it. Episode one, episode two, we were like... This guy's a fucking yeah bell piece. Like none of us, none of us want to be. On <laughs> you're the so, call. you're so Honestly, kind. No, seriously, none of us wanted to be on the call. Some, some of the lads just dropped off and did their own thing. And how many episodes were there? Six or eight? There was eight then. There's eight. six now. So eight hours of your your time I was like that's in my head. I'm thinking like that's that's like a lawyer, right? That's money. Episode three or three and four, I was like, hmm. Awesome. Yeah, there's something. There's definitely something there. A message from our sponsor, Vincere. Another of their products is known as Time Temp. This is your complete integrated timesheet workforce management solution. It's pre-built, it's pre-integrated, and it's designed so no matter how much your business grows, you'll be able to keep track of every single worker in one place in your CRM. All the changes inside Vincere will sync with Time Temp and will be fed back into your account, automating the entire process with two-way sync from your front to back office. Vincere's time temp enables you to create shift schedules, search available workers, shortlist and book assignments in seconds. They'll also allow you to track time, track leave, track expenses within their built-in payroll engine. It's called Door Clock. And then they've also got a mobile app for the on-the-go worker. If again, you're looking to get more from your CRM, Vincere's time temp solution is another tool that enables you to perform more of your business critical processes in your CRM. Find out if you could use time temp via the link in the show notes. Right, let's get back to it. <laughs> but as I've just explained, I come from 100 calls a day, smash your ass out of the landline, forget LinkedIn, just just verbal, right? Just chat, 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 get on the, if you're not on the phone, what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort yeah, of that, that mindset, right? And I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, what, what's he trying to do? Why is he trying to do this? And then I sort of trying to think about the, I just, I just changed completely. I was the, like, I was probably like third oldest in that, maybe fourth oldest out of like 60 people in that office. And I was that mentality of just smashing ass out of the phone. I was like, this is, this is what we've got to do. Like, this is a great way to connect with people subconsciously. Yeah. Like without ramming it down their face. It's also, it's evolved in a few years. It's also a great way just to show your real your real side of things, your mm. human element to it. And in our world, what we do, especially in financial services, by the way, they're not the nicest people historically. Yeah. They're not the most pleasant people to deal with, right? I've had some of the hardest, uh, what was the hardest conversations eight years ago, be like, you know what? Stuff that you put on there is like, fair play. Like, you're the only bloke that really sort of gives it some and, and I appreciate it. And then I started, I was like, well, he's never going to do it, right? You want to go do it. But it's like, to get that, it's like, great. And he listens and now, you know, so it, it, it's changed. So you went from so, being a negative. Not everyone thinks I'm awful in the first two sessions, by the way. That's really? Definitely, no, definitely. I wouldn't have a business if that was the case. Um, so <laughs> Most of the office are like... But week three and four, you've, yeah. you've, you've got into it. Yeah. By the end, you're doing it. What impact did you taking yourself to LinkedIn actually have? Let's quantify it. People are thinking, well, what does it... All right, great, you're on LinkedIn now. But what has it actually done for you from a... Mate, business honestly, perspective it's completely changed everything so i went from those sort of like rookie numbers 
my last year at Walters, I did like over three million. Wow. Um, and it was like great, like just from from nothing. And I know in the training you always say like, don't rep- but people came to me as in like not in an arrogant way. And I, of course, like BD's important, but it's the other way around now. Like yeah. the inbound is is crackers. And like you can't keep up with it. Yeah. And I'm thinking other guys out there that do it better than me. Well, how do they keep up with it? They've got to have someone to monitor that. Yeah. You do. You, you can build an engine like that. Yeah. Exactly. So it turned itself on its head, and just people came to me like clients can in our game. The can in here especially over here, candidates become clients very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um. So it completely transformed things. And I also, again, you've got to factor in the, like, the whole ego or the whole, like, oh, God, what my mate's going to think. Yeah. I was one of those, like, rugby lads, like, bravado, like, uh, but I just didn't really care. Yeah. And it's like, just, just, just chip it off and, like, don't really care what you think. And again, some of those lads are like, fair play. Like, some of the articles, like, nice one. She appreciate that. And it's like, just, just, just humanize it. Just humanize work. Because I came out here in January 2022, two years ago, and um, I went, went for a few drinks with your, your office and you, cause I'd known your name on the calls, but I'd never met you. I walk in the office and I remember you were like, something like big man. I was like, what? He's like, Sean, come here. And you just gave me this big hug. It's like, you don't realize the impact you've had on me. And I was like, no, I don't tell me more. And then when you told me the stories of what's actually happened, I was like, wow. Like, I know, I know if people do this, it pays off, but it's amazing hearing from the horse's mouth. Someone who was so against it at the beginning to change the mindset. One of the biggest like transformations in terms of like just never really got into it, just mm. had it. But now I don't even have, I've, I've not even had premium. I've, On LinkedIn? I've, no, <laughs> just don't need it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I don't need it. Yeah. I you, do my own stuff and it- You've got the, you've got the, you've got the network. Now. Yeah. So let's move beyond that then so you start to build more at Robert Wallace you got you got this brand where you I've seen you on the radio like how have you ended up on the Dubai Eye radio yeah, like, what's so, happening there so I used to play cricket with um, one of the, Tom's brother so oh, I was saying earlier I sponsored a cricket team the loose, yeah, yeah. the loose cannons right so so Hamish I played cricket with Hamish uh, and Hamish brother Tom is is one of the three on the, the business breakfast right so I kind of always knew of the Urquhart Scottish sort of family name um, and just kind of got introduced through through that subconsciously. Um, there was an article that I put out, and they were like, they just reached out and said, "Can you come on and have a chat about it?" Um, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then it's kind of snowballed. And last year I was on almost like every other month, well, no more than that, like seven, eight times. And what impact does that have again on you? Because you're then being played out yeah. on the radio across yeah. the region. People yeah. know you. More people recognise you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, the irony is, again, full full truth, full transparency. Never really listened to the show. <laughs> and I say that to them, I was like, I prefer a bit of like Radio One or like Virgin or like a bit of like, a bit of like Ibiza the Rocks or whatever. Like on my yeah. way in, just to sort of chill out yeah, as yeah, I'm yeah. getting in. Um, obviously now since I've been on, like, I've only been on yeah. like a couple of years. Since I've been on, I listened to I listened to it on the way here. Yeah. Um, but when I first was like, I never really listened to you guys. But thanks for having me on. I really appreciate. It. <laughs> and now I've probably got to listen to you. But um, it's 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 just that. It's just that. Um, a small element of um, trust, kind of perception, kind of opinion piece. Not everything I say is is fully accurate. And like yeah. economists and a couple of PhD guys come after me and say, well, actually, you know. Yeah. And I understand that I'm not a, an, a regular economic 
contributor, but trends, new movers, um, the pace of this region, taxes coming in, um, new managers, new investment managers coming in, everything that you've got your finger on the pulse. Though. Like you spend your time speaking to these people, yeah, so sure, you're just sharing. The anecdotal stuff you're picking up on the phone, I imagine, and that's it. You're not not re- you're not inventing things. No. You're talking about what you're seeing, and no, not that is opinion based, right? Yeah, of course. And they, so I put out a, a quarterly quarterly salary salary guide on different different parts of investment or different parts of compliance, whatever it may be. Um, I pump it out, and they ask me to come on and describe it and what's who's moving up, who's moving down, what's who's moving across in terms of the people, where they're going, um, and and kind of. Yeah, just an insight on the market, basically. Love it. So, which I really enjoy as well. I must yeah, admit. I must admit, it's great fun because people stuff. people call me up and they're like, or they message me like, it's good to know. Can I have the report? Can you send me the report? Yeah, of course. Great. Here's, here's the report. Like, just a very easy conversation, um, which again is sort of soft selling, right? If they hear you on the on their car as they're driving to work, it's like. Yeah, great. To joke, mate. But over time, like there are, of course, they get other recruiters on there and they get a selection. Mm. Um, yeah, but you're in the game. The difference yeah, is yeah. you're in the game. Your, your name's in the hat. Like there's people that will never step outside of picking up the phone. Yeah. They'll always, they'll still make money. But you're playing in a different world. You're actually navigating a different world now. Mate, over here, you've got to do, you've got to, in my opinion, you've got to do more than just just that. Yeah. Right. So I've hosted paddle tournaments I've taken people to the to the cricket and all this stuff you can do in London yeah. but I just showed you pictures of the paddles on water yeah. Yeah. the crickets at the National Stadium with like 50,000 people like you can do Formula pretty One cool. pretty, pretty well in the paddock club and all that sort of stuff so it, it, it's it's a in my opinion it, you, you've got so much resources at your fingertips to, to have a bit of a laugh with it and enjoy it as well so when did you know you were going to start your own business? Because like I say, I've, yeah. I've been out here a couple of years, seen you each time. You've always been employed. This time you're not. Yeah. What was, and it was April I saw you, so it was just before you left. Yeah. Why did you set up your own? What's been the catalyst? Yeah, so I think COVID did a lot of, a lot, obviously a lot of bad, but a lot of good in that you, you, you had to rely on yourself and mm. and your phone and people were calling you as, as opposed to, to any Robert or any whoever. Yeah. Uh, and the relationships got in my, in my experience, the relationships got deeper and kind of broader and, and more personal yeah. through that kind of connection and through that sort of appreciation and hard work that we put in when times were tough. Uh, and what we were saying at the time, people remember when I was working from my bedroom or working from my front room and it was like, yeah, we did it then. Like, it was tough. We got through it. Let's do it now when it's good. And I need this, this, this. Like so, COVID was was the start. To be brutally honest, like 2021, I was like I've relied less on a big brand behind me to open doors. It's more of, of me and my yeah, yeah, yeah. my go to. Um, and then a couple of couple of personal things kind of accelerated it. I told you about my mum had a yeah. stroke in February. But when I, the the uh, there's a, a, a a circuit, a circuit of events that come round, and I thought the real trigger was the start of the year. The start of the year, I was like, "Got to do it it's now or never." Not getting any younger. Last year, yeah, yeah, got to give it a go. How old are you now? Thirty-five. Yeah. So no spring chicken. Um, it's a good age though to. But that's the thing. I, a lot of people, oh, I should have done it years ago. Oh, should I? I don't think for me, I don't think it is. I think I've, I had a good, good crack. Did six years at, at Waters. Um, did everything I could do. Got everything out of it that I could. I gave them a lot. 
and I just feel that there's more to do. So when you then set up or plan to set up Cordell, yeah, surely that was then. It was how hard was that to go from being employed on a visa to suddenly yeah. employing yourself and creating a company? Was that a lot of work? Yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Yeah, but it's it's harder because over here everything's on the on the job on the visa. Mm. So health insurance is is waters. You don't think about it, right? Visa, Emirates ID, all of that admin stuff is done. Leo, legend. Leo at Waters just did everything. Whereas office space, landline, tech, all that, all that stuff. Now I'm like, I'm legal, I'm HR, I'm tech. I'm You're doing it all. All at once, which is, which is a roller coaster. And as, as I said earlier, there's no family out here. Like, you, you, you're on your own to a certain extent. So you've just got to rely on yourself. Um, and how old are your kids? Three and one. So yeah. is your wife... Working or yeah, she, she's working. She's, she's got no choice, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so you must have a busy life outside of work. Yeah, was yeah, that, yeah. Was she? There's su- a birthday every weekend. Yeah, was she supportive she, of that? Like, yeah, taking yeah. the risk. Yeah, she's very good. Um, she's very kind. She's very, very supportive. So she's co-founder. Right. So she's on the marketing. She's on the media. She's female. Diversity. It yeah, looks yeah. looks good in this part of the world. Um, so at the moment, it's it's myself, Nikki, and next week I have an announcement about a local partnership wow so what does that mean that means listen going live till february so you can announce it now is it? No, no one's going to know till february this is we're recording at the beginning of january but this yeah. ain't going live perfect so next week i will be announcing that dr marwan al-falasi fully family but uh ua national uh senior advisor um to mubadala sovereign wealth fund he's been a, a sovereign wealth for 15 years He's going to come on as my Emirati sponsor, right. and my UA national sponsor. And now, sponsor is a word that I choose to use because before I got here, like 10 years ago, to set up a business, you had to have what they called a UA national sponsor right. to get a business. And they would, I believe, to my knowledge, they'd own like 51% of it. So you could never fully, and that's, that's now disappeared. Yeah. But this is a gesture, and I want a UA national involved in my business because. All of the, well, most of the the government entities and the, the sovereign entities around here have said, like, what's the plan for Emiratis? So it's a weird place, Sean, just to break it down, sorry, not to bore you. The population, right? I'm thinking more about the listener, because I know quite yeah, a lot yeah. about Dubai. Hey. So there's people who would be like, yeah. what so, is an Emirati for a start? Sorry, a local... They, for UA local, yeah. full family, but mum and dad born here, he's got full, full nationality, right? right? The, fellas, the fellas that walk around in the Kanduras. The population of the UAE, 80, I think it's 85% of it were not born here, like right. expats, are, are Indians, Pakistanis, Filipinos, Brits, etc., etc. Yeah. So what that means is that the UAE national population is, is in the work, in the workplace, is tiny, like really small. And what they're doing now is that emiratization is a huge thing. Same as Qatar, Kuwait, Saudi. They're bringing in, or they're trying to employ more nationals. Hmm. So a fund will come to me. They said, "Great, we've got loads of Brits, loads of French, loads of Indians, Pakistanis. This role needs to be a UA national." And they can actually say that without 100%. sounding mate. Hundred percent. There's no PC in the Middle East, no. right? We we our clients ask us to ask nationality, date of birth, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, they'll say, "I want." Yeah, this is exactly. Yeah, what I, I want an Arabic female. Yeah, go. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, and that's how it's been. Yeah, uh, and I say Arabic female because a lot of these funds have been like European, Western, white fellas, and they're like, looks really bad. We're all like on the pitch deck, or whatever. So we need, we need yeah, yeah, yeah. diversity. It's great. I'm like, I'm yeah. all for it. So, 
you set your business up. Yeah. Administrative, your wife's involved. You've now got a, a local sponsor, which yeah. is brilliant. But what was the what's the vision for Cordell Partners? Like, what are you going to create? Yeah. What do you want to create? Because you're only five months in. It's still you running around <laughs> on the phone and doing what you do. Mate, it changes every week. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah. What is the vision? It changed every week for the first few months. But I want to, I'd love to grow it to a manageable um, boutique. I don't want to rule the world. I don't want to be a Robert Waters. I don't yeah. want to be a Corn Ferry. I want love, 10 to 12 senior guys and girls like myself. Basically, the main thing that I've said from the start of this whole thing is to improve the reputation and be better for it. Like, I don't want kids running around flinging CVs just ripping no. people off. Last thing I want is loads of... You don't of want resources making 120 calls a day. Loads of... <laughs> Loads of like IFAs or estate agents, right? Flinging, flinging. Yeah. CV. I want decent, mature, like possibly parents or at least got a yeah. wife. Like, don't have a flashy car, don't have fake teeth, don't have you know <laughs> all that sort of stuff that people look at the Dubai real estate agents and go, oh god, not again, not again, not again that twat from Essex or Liverpool. Or, or, I want, I want a, a thin band of good people who want to do good work in a good way, polite, like respectful, like build businesses. So most of my clients now are new businesses to the region. And that's what I love because they're here. They don't know how it works. They don't know who to call. They don't know what the variables are. And we build the businesses from, from nothing. So we see them go from nothing to 75 people. And right at the start, they're like, Thanks, mate. Like you were the you you got us the first whatever, you got us the the catalyst for the license or whatever, uh, and that's genuinely what I want to. So you'll have like ten to twelve people, yeah, mature headhunters yeah. across the region. Would you always? Would you? Always, I'm going to say this in the nicest possible way. Please, you don't strike me as a people manager. I don't put I don't put you down as the. The JB who was on the previous no, episode, like no. you're not the Guardiola here. You're no. the you're the striker. You're the yeah, you're yeah. the you're the Kevin De Bruyne yeah, nah. flair player. You're out there with the clients. You're on the golf Mate, course. Always, yeah. Always. So how are you going to grow the team? Is through finding other people that are self-sufficient, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's not about training rookies up from the no. ground up. You know, no. you'll get frustrated and bored. Exactly. Without exactly. Them. Yeah. And I've looked at this and it's... it's why, do, why will they do that for you and not just do it themselves? That's a very good question. And I'm going to hopefully... Like, <laughs> we don't know yet. No, no idea. Hopefully learn, <laughs> hopefully learn how to get them to... I'll come back on the show once you figure that them, out. Yeah, a few years time. Some of them have done it themselves. Um, and it was the wrong time mm. or the wrong partners or the wrong local sponsors. Um, I think to, a lot of people as well don't want to be on their own. Like they don't. They want to be part of something. Even if it's... You know, you probably have to work out... a some form of commission split oh, part, of partner model oh, that's course. different than a work. There's no point in competing with the rest. Oh, but course. if you can give someone most of the benefits of operating independently, but mm. with the community of yeah. you and yeah. your brand, because your brand's big in this region, they're going to live off, you know, they're going to benefit from being part of the, your brand. I think that is a value. There's a lot of value there. Spot on. And, and there's also what I said earlier with Robert Half, there's a lot of guys and girls that have, done it themselves recently in the last two years and some of them are still one-man bands and some of them love it and they never change but I, I know for a fact that some of them are like yeah i'd like a bit of a yeah bit of a community or i'd like a and like a kitchen chat well it's like going traveling alone or going traveling with a friend 
sharing those experiences is infinitely yeah. better than yeah, being yeah. completely yeah. stood on the top roof, stood on a waterfall, so, looking at yourself, going. And I can already, I mean, by the way, like already having conversations, like we've all gone alone and it's great, but we could do so much more together, yeah. and we could do so much more as one like rapper. Yeah, uh, it's just who's rapper. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true it's, it's true. very very exciting and yeah. like there's so much possibility here um, and I love it do you think you'll be in the region forever is this you forever so the thing people ask that forever or retire it's very difficult to retire here um, like financially you never fully fully own your space like you might own the house but you'll never own the the the, the land underneath it, like in in. Well, so you, you can still sell it and make a profit, though. Yeah, like, of yeah, 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 of course you can, of course you can. But it's a very. You're also not a resident, are you? Without working, I imagine. You can be. There's golden visa now and all the yeah. rest of it. Um, it. It's a tough place to fully retire because you don't get the, the the state benefits. You don't get all the plus plus that you get in other geographies. So. I, I, no, I won't retire here. It's also, it's a very young country. Yeah. The population's like average age is like early 30s, mid-30s, right? It's, it's, it's very fast. It's become really fast in eight years. That's like really busy. Um, but I, I'll definitely be here. I've been here eight years, right? And it's flown by. You could end up in so, Europe, though, on a, yeah. be- in a beach that's town. That's idea. Yeah, yeah. Caught Turkey or Spain or Cyprus yeah, yeah. or whatever. You're not oh, too it. far. Yeah, that's there's enough. There's enough places in the world. Yeah, to do yeah, that. yeah. But I love it. And, and and I've never been to Saudi, by the way. Right. So we, Walter's hired a whole team um, to cover Saudi. I've never been. Saudi's going to take off. Saudi's yeah. going to be the next geography. MBS, the ruler, called it the new Europe. Yeah. Right? So, wow. so he's building a city the size of Belgium, Neon. Wow. So, so Saudi's going to be m- mental in the next five, ten years. So I need to go there. Be part of that. I've got, I've got an uncle in Oman, love Oman. So like, the region is so big, and we haven't done enough of it. Um, yeah, it's wicked. I, I absolutely love it. Full on collegiate, mate. I had two kids learn Arabic in school, don't they? Did they? Yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. Sing the national anthem. But would they class themselves as? From this region, then, or would they say they're British? Nah, born here, British, British passports, just born here. But would they, if they said where you're from, they'd say the UAE? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty confused, pretty messed up. Be tough. Yeah, what are their accents like? Like mine. Not American. (laughs) That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Because even in my kids' school, there's a couple of kids from like Nigeria backgrounds, and their parents of like doctors who've come to the UK, and the kids sound American because they've watched YouTube. Yeah, yeah. They've learned it yeah, through yeah. YouTube, and oh man, you still get Peppa Pig and stuff out here, like yeah, yeah, Coco yeah. Melon. And stuff. <laughs> but there's a lot of US influence. Yeah. So like in every community that we live in, there's a basketball court instead of like a cricket field or like a football, football pitch. Yeah. It's basketball. So the kids are playing basketball instead of football. Yeah. So I've had a conscious effort to say, hey, no, this is like football. You know, showing them what the egg is, that rugby ball. That nah, even, not, even no northern monkeys are interested. Nah, mate. He's not for me. Nah, mate. His dad went through enough of that. It's not. He's going to be a bit more refined than his old man. Right? <laughs> like golf and cricket and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I think, I think there's so much potential. I think as a whole, the, the trouble is the space. Like there's not enough space for these offices to 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 be here, so they're building towers left, right, center. The the infrastructure is not keeping up with it. The roads are crackers, mm. so they're building more flyovers. They're building more because they can, right? It's so new. They're like, well, just scrap that road and build a massive junction, like like in <laughs> in like the summer. It's just crackers. 
So that's that's going to be one of the challenges. Do you think you've got to be a certain type of person to yeah. keep? Because I think I'm the guy that loves change. Like yeah. I actually live off change. Change is what excites me. Like mm. monotony and stability actually dull, does doesn't do anything yeah. for me. And there's a lot. Like if I look at my older 100%. brother, if I look at my older brother, he would be the complete polar opposite. My younger brother's more like me. He just prefers. Manchester stays there. He's happy. He likes that stability long term, and he's not. Yeah. It's not a problem. It's how he lives. He's, he's got a great yeah, life. Yeah. Do you think people who live here have to be open to the fact that next year that road might disappear and that hotel might grow? And... More than that. Yeah. More than that. Sure. Um, it's a very transient place. Pe- people come and go. Come and go. Right. Which is great for recruitment. Don't get me wrong, but you've got to be ready for your best mate to to bugger off next yeah. year. Or you've got to be ready for oh that couple's gone back to wherever. Yeah. So it's it's a weird place because you're constantly like, it's weird but it's great at the same time. You're constantly meeting new people. Yeah. And you're you're it's it's really weird. Your friendship circle constantly like refreshes over a certain period of time. So we not not sort of yeah like going too into it, but you you have different sort of sets of sets of parties and sets of uh, friends as as your as your experience here develops. Right. Like it's it's brilliant. I love it. It's, but then, you, then you've got mates all over the world because mm. we've got Americans that, that went back to Texas. We've got mates in Australia. We've got mates obviously yeah. all over Europe. Like, it's great. Final question. Yeah. If I come back here in a year's time yeah. and we sit in this studio yeah. and we do and part two, yeah. what are you going to have achieved by then? I'm not going to hold you to it it's like a question. black book, but yeah, it's a big question. what do you think could be possible in the next year for you and the business? Yeah, definitely need to. Uh, I'd love to hire a couple of people. Yeah. Um, and again, that's evolving, right? So, so, so bear with me. Um, new geographies, right? So I'd, I'd love, and it's already in the planning actually, um, a PO box in Abu Dhabi, uh, a, a commitment in Abu Dhabi. Um, I would love to, so that's two big things, right? A couple of hires, a new office. What does a benefit, what does an office in Abu Dhabi give you? Can yeah, you, so can you not just recruit from here to Abu Dhabi? Of course you can. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course you can. It's it's all about commitment. So you've got the letterhead, you've got keys to a place. If 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 Habibi wants to come round for a shisha or a, a dukkha, you can you can say come round to to my place. Uh, it's all about commitment to the region. If I'm talking about bringing people like here and committing to the region, I've got to have some sort of PO box. Wow. And that's kind of what I learned from the other place, right? So I was the first headhunter with a license in the ADGM in 2019, and they loved it. They loved it. But what did you actually have? A room, just a PO box. Yeah, not yeah, not even a room, just a, a license in a shared space. Doesn't really matter. But the fact that you've got a letterhead, the fact that you've got an address, um, they just they just appreciate it. Wow. Um, it's like two different countries. It's yeah, really yeah. weird, but it's like it's like London and Brighton. It's like the Watford gap. Kind of above. Yeah. It's like Manchester and London. Kind of, mate. Very different. But like they're also they're also like brothers, right? They're relatives, yeah. but they're like fierce competitors. Mm. Um it's, it's like two small countries. There was a country border in between Dubai and Abu Dhabi in COVID. Right. So you had to show your test. And you know, you know when you go over a country and like wherever, like they've yeah. got the, the big sort of gates and, the, and the, there was one of those on Shagzad Road. Wow. So it feels like two different countries. Well, the first two times I came here, I, f- I flew Etihad. Yeah. With a friend of mine was an air hostess. Who got us, yeah. Just got us cheap tickets. Yeah. Uh, standby tickets. Yeah. So I flew to Abu Dhabi and then got the... Yeah. The, the, the taxi over it was yeah. only an hour yeah. and then I stayed there for a few nights on my yeah. second trip um, I've never been back since but I'd, I'd like to go and give it a go time. Formula 1 Formula yeah. 1's the best thing or Ferrari world yeah tallest roller coaster in the world really back for you mate 
everything's the best, the biggest, the fastest. Kind of. Got it all going. Kind of. Oscar, thanks so much for your time, mate. Not at all. You know, it's been a pleasure. It's been yeah. amazing working with you. Yeah, if anyone's yeah. listened to the show, wants to find out more about the region, yeah. wants to find out more about your experience yeah. of working with Hoxo, yeah. or just pick your brains on starting yeah. a business and everything in between, are you open to yeah. it if I tag you on LinkedIn? Mate, honestly, anything at all, any questions, if they're moving out, if they want to get a job over here, if they, anything at all, if they want to know, there's no question too big, too small. Honestly, always, always have time. Because that was us, right? And that was me eight years ago. Yeah. And you, you, I, I still vividly remember the bloke who invited me for a curry and said, like, we haven't got a job, but let's go for a curry, as opposed to the bloke that never emailed me back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I still remember it. So always, always happy to chat. And let's get you back on in ideally a year here no pressure, mate. in the future and let's see if you've got those boxes ticked yeah cool awesome thank Top you mate thank appreciate you. it thank you as always for listening to today's show I truly hope that you got value from it honestly it's the only reason I take time every week to ensure that my audience you guys future and existing recruitment owners you're learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger and today's episode is brought to you by my business Hoxo I'm the CEO and founder and we're on a mission to help brand recruitment agencies and their people better. I wanna help people have the tools to stand out in the most competitive markets in the world. We're currently working with over 350 recruitment agencies and 5,000 of their consultants right now, helping them to build their personal brands to consistently win more business, attract talent, and just become that go-to recruiter in the market. Now we do have a huge coaching program but a lot of people don't know, we also manage the brands of a lot of founders and we can do the rebrand of that company organizational piece as well. So if your recruitment agency either needs help to look and sound exactly how you want it to, or your leadership and consultant level need to get out there and drive more traffic back to that website, to the business and start using LinkedIn to generate more revenue, then you should definitely be reaching out to us. If that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean, a personal message on LinkedIn. I love hearing from RAG listeners. I would love to talk to you. Uh, look forward to it. So I'll see you again next week with another episode. Catch you soon.